0: Folks, welcome inside the Parisi Palace, high above 3773 East Broadway. This is a live edition of the Jake Feinberg Show. Company on Power Talk, thank you so much for making us part of your day today. And my show revolves around the four L's, which is leadership, love, life, and lineage. And um, I feel like in this time, um, a lot of people, in order for them to thrive, um, have to access their true nature. Uh, there's many different ways of leading. Uh, there's many different ways of showing love, receiving love and giving love. Um, people need to be vulnerable to, uh, recognizing that, uh, we are all infallible. Um, and that, that, um, the universe is watching and, uh, and I think that uh, being able to be as honest as you can about where you are in this particular time in your life or just in general times that have been um, precarious for you uh, allows people to um, feel authentic in nature and uh, be able to trust that person. And then ultimately the lineage of your ancestors, your archetypes, and then also the lineage of your um yogic practices and or uh musical inclinations uh being able to know where you came from you have to know where you came from to know where you're going and uh, my next guest has um uh, very eloquently uh, uh, granted me the opportunity to um create with her um she is um somebody who um you know just seems to her aura uh, dictates a, a divine light um and she is um clearly uh comfortable in herself um because uh we in fact have never met before in person but uh, got a chance today to uh, hopefully inspire people to be themselves which is the ultimate goal of my program rena southern welcome to the jake feinberg show
1: thank you so much jake um everything you said just <laughs> made me feel so relaxed your voice is amazing i'm so excited to talk to you
0: i'm very humbled to talk to you, you know I, I had a an interview after you today um and uh this woman was very um you know i, I can't say this ha- i can count on my hands the number of time this has happened but she just you can really detect when somebody is like how do you know me where did you find <laughs> me Da-da-da-da-da. like i don't know where you are i thought i knew you know it's like just peppering me with you know sort of just not like they're like i cannot open up to a stranger and i say mm. and and you know i i i say to myself I said, I wrote back to her, I said, listen, this, first of all, this should be fun. Second of all, this is my gig. I'm a professional. I'm not like, you know, she, you know, I, I cannot explain outside of maybe uh, mutual Facebook friends, why I found you. It's not like I know who you are, but trust in faith. And so Absolutely. that, you know, Rena, that's kind of what I just wanted you to talk about your concept of, of faith. And then ultimately, um, your spiritual inclinations. There's a there's a there's a big difference between religiosity and spiritualism. So, oh, you know, you clearly um, are all about you know you you're out. So, you, you, floor is yours. Faith and spirituality. Oh,
1: faith and spirituality. Um, regarding faith, I think the thing I would tell you is the thing that my husband Andrew Southern has. Um, and by the way, I think that's how we're connected in some way he's a, a rana guy
0: what is it wait i'm and sorry then, what's rana yes what is no but what is that
1: oh i uh, sorry i uh rana is a band that was prevalent uh Big in the early two thousands. Uh, I know you've interviewed Joe. Busto oh my god! Okay, so
0: I thought you because I thought you were in that band with Bogie yeah. and those cats. <laughs> right, so
1: you're
0: anyway. it's Scott Metzger, all those guys. Rana. My oh my god! That is that dude was in Rana. Un- dude, dude, I have that That's unexcavated territory for me. But anyway,
1: right? I mean, you're the lucky. So, you're
0: dancing right now, so go ahead.
1: So Andrew and I live in St Lucia, and uh, the first. The RV from 1984 that he put on the back of his car was a tagline that says, always do the ting. Um, <laughs> and I think that has been our, I don't know, family motto, I guess, but certainly our, our path in the last seven years since we moved here, if not before, but certainly in the last seven years, of just being open. And trusting that the universe if we put in the good stuff that we'll get it in return um, and saying yes you know being being yes people not being no people I love the big tagline for our kids don't be a no person be open as long as it's kind it doesn't hurt you or anybody else and it's smart do it um, I'd rather much more have an experience that doesn't work out than me ever having regrets of not doing anything. And I think that that is the faith that my husband and I, and hopefully what my children are being brought into, is this idea that, you know, the universe, it does serve. It really serves uh, through thick and thin. Um, there is, you know, I don't believe, I don't, I'm not religious. I was raised in a Jewish, non-traditional household. Uh, and I've got a lot of love for my tribe, but I'm not big on religion at all. Uh, But I do, as you already mentioned, I don't think that that negates a greater sense of spirituality, of which I definitely think of myself as someone who's spiritual. And I think it's rooted as, again, you so eloquently said, in nature. Um, Here in St. Lucia, I am on top of a mountain surrounded by the most beautiful hills and valleys and uh, kissed by the ocean on both sides. I've got the Atlantic to my left and the Caribbean Sea to my right. Um, and it certainly feeds us. It certainly is a testament to our always do the ting and putting good energy and and breathing it, eating it back in. Um,
0: Did you, I mean, do you feel that... Um that the only way for you to authentically be able to say yes was to leave the States?
1: That's a good question. No, I don't. I don't think that that's that's my path. I don't think that this path is everyone's path. Um, You know, so many people see my pictures on Instagram or hear our story and they're like, oh, you're living the life. Right. Um, And I am for me. I am living my best life, 100%. But uh, this is not everyone's ideal uh, scene. Um, and I certainly have friends and family and know others like you who are back in the States living their best lives. Um,
0: for me, <laughs> so when people say you're living the life, they have some sort of
1: Id- idyllic
0: vision of like... Uh, uh-huh. uh, explain what their perception okay. of that is versus what reality is, even though you're well. ma- marinating it.
1: Well, okay, so the reality is very much attached to their perception of living the life, you know? I am a very healthy, uh, beautiful, strong marriage. I have two gorgeous, healthy, happy, smart children. Uh, We have the opportunity to travel a lot. We live in a Caribbean island where I smoke a lot of weed and spend most of my hours painting. So, yeah, I mean... That, I, I
0: mean, mean that that's sounds it, like that's it does. yeah I mean I don't I don't I don't uh, yeah so where's the where's the uh, is there a divergence at any point or what what is no,
1: it, not for me because this is this is the uh, rhythm that I naturally uh, I think um, I naturally go towards I always have uh, both culturally musically just pace wise, this works for me, uh, you know? Um, and I do hope that it's reflected in my art and in my paintings, uh, because I am a very grateful person. Um, but no, as far as a diversion for why this wouldn't be the life for someone else, you mean? Um, yeah. I mean,
0: well, myself, no, when, when, I mean, you that's because when people say that they might have, you know, maybe you're, uh, I mean, m- you know, maybe, maybe you're down there, like, you know, uh, Uh, Doing, you know, intensive, I I didn't know you, when you describe what your life is like, I'd say, you know, that is pretty, uh, that's kind of touching all the bases. So it's not unrealistic as, as, as compared to like, you know, the perception that a lot of people would have, not even just about that, but just about the way people, uh, they would look at it and say, well, how many toys do you have? How much money do you have? Spiritual materialism is not, I guess that's the idea is that like, um, why did you, I mean, I don't need to tell you this, but I mean, we're the, the States, especially now it's never been, you know, like the, the warmest place in the world, but it's, we are developing a a really huge callousness, um, here across the world. Um, I think it's naive for people to think that, um, that, uh, You know autocracy and fascism is not um really bubbling underneath the surface here and and like i said leadership is paramount so i mean uh like for you is it is it also just about um for you guys it's about unplugging from um western uh tempo i mean the tempo is slower is that is that fair to say
1: it, out here? Oh, for sure. I mean, again, we were in uh, Williamsburg, Brooklyn, prior to being here. And before that, we were um, in the heart of the city, in the West Village. Um, and my, Andrew, at least, was a diehard. He, he was convinced prior to this move that he would never live anywhere else. Um, and it fed us, um, I think, just for me and, and my... Body rhythms, yeah. This is much slower, obviously, and it works for me. Um, I think uh, of myself as uh, as an empath, um, and I think most people are. Yes. uh, You know, we're all sentient beings. Absolutely. Um, But, yeah, so, but as someone who is uh, connected to that, to like the sad, the happy, it it, it got a a bit overwhelming for me. I was also at the time, I mean, uh, I have a, I've worn a lot of hats, um, career-wise and Um, lifestyle-wise. And I can get into that. I just ran into, uh, I ran a lot of music club, PR stuff. Yeah, you
0: sound like, I mean, you got your hands in like nine different cookie jars, you know?
1: I did. The thing, the hat that I wore right before we moved here though I had just gotten my master's degree as a uh, clinical therapist. And, um, you know, (laughs) I don't know if it's the best work for an empath. And I worked really hard with mindfulness, you know, not to take in uh, my clients' uh, traumas or pain or, you know, everyday sadnesses. That was really hard for me. And then winter is really hard for me. And I think we had just, you know, the, the idea when we first moved here was just to come for a year. Um, Andrew and I were like, fuck it. Let's just go somewhere warm and quiet for a year. I had not yet started my career as a therapist. Um, so we were like, fine. But, of course, a year became seven at this point and no looking back.
0: Unbelievable. What yeah, no,
1: you- it's been great.
0: So are you like, like, I mean, is it like Ros- It's like a Rasta I mean,
1: it's, well, a, it's yeah. yeah. I mean, there, like you guys are a lot of yeah. Rasta, but it's a it's different than Jamaica. Jamaica's uh, main culture is a Rastafarian culture. Um, this is not the main culture. We are, uh, you know, Saint Lucia is a Caribbean island that was uh, switched over between France and England fourteen times, and only got its independence about forty something years ago. So it's kind of reemerged. With its identity, uh, very, very uh, recently, um, and the island is trying to take that back. And it's not a Rasta culture that it's that it's most identified with, but yeah, there are a lot of Rastas here. Um, there are a lot of people who are, if not Rastas, still share the, um, you know, the, uh, the, the, the beliefs of the Rastafarians, which is basically, you know, of the earth close to nature um you know pure of mind and body and spirit what, what's um, so the clinical i mean
0: are you are, is there a, a have you been able to develop a a, a, a clinical therapy setting down there i mean I,
1: is no it, so when we so you're just you're just yeah, here, yeah go ahead i i gave it up but when we first moved here i was very uh motivated to try and find something even volunteer work uh to that effect um Unfortunately, uh, or fortunately, whatever, uh, what happened was, was that the, the, those in charge of clinical settings here were not so keen on me coming in, um, stating uh, directly that they didn't think it best for a white American to come in and provide mental health um, for, for the locals here on the island. Um, hmm. You know, whatever I, whether I you know, uh, agreed or disagreed with that, it doesn't matter because it is what it is and so i just forged ahead and found uh something else and in my case it was mostly painting and i've completely uh fallen into painting as a way to i don't know put the good karma in take the good karma in i don't
0: know rena southern here on the jake feinberg show and such a radiant divine being I I, I just wonder about um, you know for I'm mentoring I'm my second decade uh, as a broadcaster I walked away from a domestic life I was married for 13 years and I have two love children of my own that are you know totally inspiring me during this time that they are my teachers both girls and I uh, you know um but I realized I was I was teaching and I was uh, really um, flam- thrashing around and and burning out and um, and, and 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 so I, I, I you know I started this show and you know there are consequences to doing what your purpose is in life but I realize now that um, you know that this is what my nature is you know obviously I'm starting I'm doing. As a Gen Xer, something really outside the box, but sophisticated long form interviews with all these cats, eventually your husband, obviously, because I had no idea that, (laughs) you know, but I mean, like, you know, when you can take these guys on a ride for a couple hours and and they leave totally inspired and revealing knowledge that they've never talked about before. And then in any event, for the first few years of my show, you know, I, I was having a um, I was, I was very proud of myself. My ego was not like overly invested, but like, I felt like I, you know, especially with people that were closest to me, the, 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 mother of my children or my parents or, uh, certain friends, I, I felt like this need to, um, have to tell them that what I was doing was important. And mm-hmm. it, that kind of over time, you know, when you, I mean, I used to wear it as a badge of honor <laughs> before the world caved in on them, but to get to, from a podunk AM radio station in Tucson, and, and and at the time, I got Bill Cosby on my show, and did two hour-long interviews with him about his involvement in music, and music. Uh, you know, I mean, again, I never even watched the Cosby show, and unfortunately you know, he, he's tarnished for life, but well, he, he deserves what he gets, but the point is that um, you know, I found my voice, and I didn't, I felt a lot of that angst and insecurity fell away, and I really fell into myself, and I and I just wonder outside of your immediate family there, um, your parents, uh, and the people closest to you, um, they may never, um, complete, you seem like you definitely walk to the beat of your own drum. And I just wonder if, uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is, um, obviously they probably love you, but do they, they, they may never understand what you're, what you, what you're about, but do they respect you?
1: I mean that's for them to answer, but um, one thing I uh, before I even the answer is yeah. Now you can go that. where you,
0: go where your go where your mind goes. You don't yeah, have to I'm answer the question. i go where
1: my mind goes. I, I will answer that and say my guess is yeah because um, I make healthy decisions. That's the truth. L- listen, I'm I'm again in a healthy relationship. I'm making my way financially on in, on my terms in a in a place that so obviously feeds me right uh, you know right. and my children if nothing else are hard hard proof that I'm making good decisions I mean they're, exactly they're no you're, you you nailed it
0: now, I know why we connected now because that is what you just said is exactly the way I approach my life and if your kids are strong yeah. and individualistic and pot and they, they I don't know how my kids turned out the way they did but but i'm with you a hundred that that that's the i just you know some people go off the grid so to speak i'm not saying you did but like some people take a left turn to do something more nourishing to feed themselves and their soul and then people around them um you know the the question is maybe they don't understand what they're doing but they still respect it you know and i you know so it doesn't matter either way but you know you are i don't know many cats that would have just um especially if your husband is a musician, where um, he would leave that that sanctum of New York. In hindsight now, uh, it's kind of bleak there now. I wonder what you feel after this coronavirus has ravaged what used to be your home.
1: How I feel towards New York?
0: Well, I mean, is there... Like you said, you never thought you'd live there.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, you never
0: thought you'd leave there. Excuse me. And well, that was
1: Drew. That was that. That that was Drew. I was uh, always you were yeah. open, um, but it, it, I mean, I can speak on behalf of him that he he a hundred percent knows that we made the right decision. He found himself here, and I found parts of myself here. And you know, when you step away from anything, it gives you perspective, right? So. Um, I think that our love for our home uh, remains it's still our home listen I'm a New Yorker put me anywhere and someone will guess that I'm a New Yorker you
0: are you're you're from the app you're from the city itself or
1: yeah I was born in the Bronx
0: listen to that I'm a Stony Brook cat I'm a Long Island cat
1: oh, okay. yeah yeah I dig
0: so yeah that you yeah. can't you can't really ever take it out of your soul but anyway you were always open to it how well, in your mind how how has has uh has he found himself, in, in your mind, uh, in, in St. Lucia?
1: Well, uh, so for Andrew, and I hope he's okay with me speaking bluntly about I'm him. I'm sure he'll be fine. Um, you know, I think that he, <laughs> I'm sure he'll be fine. Just keep going.
0: Just keep uh, riffing, yeah.
1: <laughs> um, no, for Andrew, I think uh, he is, he's a logistics guy. Uh, even in the band Rana, he was the guy who was you know, making the tour dates and getting the equipment and uh, you know, renting the vans and whatnot. It's gorgeous. Uh, I mean, I hated it. It's just because if you don't do it well, you're just smashed uh, constantly against the water. Um, but whereas I've always been a yoga practitioner, at least for the last 20-somewhat years, and have that uh, practice, an ongoing practice with it, I think that was his first meditative practice Um, and you know when when your mind is quiet and you're in the middle of the ocean with nowhere to go but letting the wind just letting literally the wind carry you yeah I mean that's gonna feed you and uh, he definitely he just he walks differently now and he thinks differently now and it definitely opened up our world, you know, the world seems a little smaller when you're telling yourself, well, I'm a New Yorker, I'm going to stay in a New York, or my kids will go to school in New York. But once you leave that, you know, the perimeters of any place, all of a sudden the world is more accessible. So we moved here, and now we're in a situation where we're looking because my son is 11, he'll be 12 next month, super smart kid, uh, and somewhat of an academic. And so now we're thinking about, you know, schools uh, that would best serve him. And what I love, um, and it's also very frustrating because the more the options, the crazier the decision-making gets. But, I mean, literally we're talking about, well, should we go to France? Should we go to Portugal? Should we go to Morocco? Should we stay in the Caribbean? I mean, it's just, everything is just more open now once you take that leap. You know, it's, it's that first leap that's the scariest. But once you're out there in the air, you know, you can land anywhere. And if that doesn't work out, Andrew and I are always saying, well, we'll go for a year. You know, that's, that's another little, I guess, motto of ours. You can always try it for a year. And uh, so just in general, that kind of opening for him, for us, all of us as a family, has been, you know, it's utterly freeing, mm. I think. I mean, I don't want to idealize
0: all of this. I mean, no. I listen. I think it's. I think that you're. First of all, you're you're speaking from your heart. I think it's. Um. Uh. I think that domestic. uh, One reason that that you you should be happy about it is because the nuclear family is not. It's a complex uh, situation now, and um, to say that I don't know. I don't know if it's the. The hierarchical structure of kids now and the way they're prioritized and, and looked at as sort of, I mean, I love my girls more than anything, but at the same time, they, they can never supersede the, the hierarchical structure of the family. You, you see a lot of breaking down of a lot of the traditional norms, and that's fine, so, but I think that like if you guys truly enjoy spending quality time together, if you can relate to each other just by being in the same room without... Uh, getting on each other's nerves or, or, I mean, to me, uh, I don't know. Kids are also very resilient and um, you know, my girls have seen been through a lot, but they continue to inspire
1: at hundred percent,
0: you know? And, and so, so, I mean, it's, it's fine. I mean, there's ups and downs in every relationship, but that's the key because we are seeing a disintegration at some level of the uh, nuclear family you know and people have Different concepts of what Relationships would be about but you know I I know, I just I wanted to ask you about um, You know I mean I was drawn To you because um, You know I believe that obviously God Is within all of us it's It's not something that um, You know you go to a synagogue or uh, Imam or, or you know A, a mosque or a, a church And then you take a directive from some kind of titular head who's supposedly a conduit for information coming through them from the divine and then delivering it to the parishioners and i just wanted to know i mean for me when uh when i know that i i'm, I'm accessing my divine nature is when i get out of my own way um and allow the information to come through me from the heavens and and some of it's involves a, a, an ego death of sorts and and you mentioned that you've been a Practice, pr- practitioner of of you know meditation mindful meditation things like that i I wonder if you could talk about um, you know when you experienced uh, a real ego death in your life and how you um, were able to sit in the mess and and recognize that actually when your ego was out of the way that's when you became a conduit to the divine
1: a hundred percent you know I, I the first thing I want to say is that I did have that experience, but it was over the course. First of all, I'm still going. For of it. course, yeah, no, obviously. Yes, yeah. that that's yeah, that's going for the rest of my life. I'll be dealing with that. But I, you know, I, I, I went to therapy myself, and this was literally the the ego was the thing that I worked through, on, in, over, <laughs> under, yes, um, the most, and so something you said earlier that I really uh I really identified with you were talking about how um with your family you always had to kind of prove that what you were doing was important right and that that kind of reflection gave your sense of worth okay so absolutely it was was
0: actually more like it was more like I I didn't know what I was doing but I felt I knew it was something that was um I thought was important. So I had to explain it and they weren't getting it. And so I would just get continually more insecure about that. You know, that that's basically what I'm saying.
1: It's interesting because, okay, so. Okay. I'll just go. I'm fully going to go in now. Yeah, just free. So yeah, I'm just going to go in. Um, I have this metaphor that I used in therapy and that was really resonant for me. Uh, in my life for many years, and that was the coat of cool. And what that meant for me, it's um, I think I put on this, not a persona, it was authentically who I was at the time. Sure. But I I grew up a pretty popular kid. Uh, I always had good friends. I was very lucky in life. extremely lucky just in my relationships in my advantages in my resources um and I had this what I called a coat of cool which was I was the cool kid and uh yeah I would have wanted to hang kid. out with you yeah yeah sure you would have <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah no it, it, there there it was it was it, it, everything came kind of in some easy. way easy
1: yep yeah it just did. For whatever reasons, it did. Yeah. And it, that's part of my personality, too. I'm good socially, and I'm I'm a good negotiator, networker, blah, blah, blah. So I was wearing this coat of cool for a long time. I was in a band in college, and, um, you know, it, I had some, uh, some notice of it. And, you know, I, I had that bit of a rock star per- persona of me, and I, I loved it. Hmm. It was very comfortable. Interesting is, um, so the, the point for me that where I really got, uh, I had to face my coat of cool was actually I went I went to uh, Europe in my 20s backpacking for a year, and I lost myself completely. Uh, really? I developed, yeah, oh, God, I, I lost. I had told people that I was going for a year. After six months, I was over it. I was, uh, I was by myself. I mean, you meet people along the way. I was partied out. Uh, I had lived in Spain for a little while. It was great, but it was all, it was all just getting tiring. But I had told people I was going to go for a year, and I stuck with it, despite my best interests. And in that time, I started to unravel. Um, I developed an eating disorder. I, I just lost by the ease that came with the life I was living up until then. And I was made to face... Whatever it was that I was facing, this person who was under the code of cool, um, because there was no one to, no one there to show it to, you. so I was by myself. Wow. Um, wow! And I, I broke down. I had a yeah. Real... The same
0: thing happened to me in Buenos Aires, by the way. But I was really? not. Yeah. No, I mean, it's it's weird because uh, I only made it uh, half of the time. The, I mean, I did. I made it three. I I didn't even know if I got through. Two months I mean I had literally had, Was having a nervous breakdown But anyway go yeah. ahead
1: Yeah No I definitely want to hear that story.
0: Yeah I go no problem Yeah no, I mean I, I There's a But being by yourself All of a sudden you said Wow I am just A, a, a small part of this equation I'm not
1: Yeah I what, shrank exa- I saw yeah. how small I was And I was like Well without this code of cool What do I Who am I uh, Without these resources and, and everything I had around me and i lost it i lost my shit came back to the united states after a year moved in with my parents Ten thousand times skinnier i'm five foot seven five foot six and i weigh you know 100 pounds um i looked as bad as i felt oh and yeah it was it was just a really dark place and um and that's where that's that was a horrible time for me obviously but it was the time of my greatest growing, um, and you know that to getting out of that dark spot probably took me three to five years. Um, when I first met Andrew in my late 20s, I was still coming off it, um, and I I'm so I, I I've told him a million times that I'm so grateful that he stuck around. <laughs> Because um, I was, you know, clinically depressed at the time, and the things I was working towards, though, is finding out who I was without this coat of cool. I love it. Initially, I I kept wanting to put it back on because it was it was the easiest, you know, put on some weight, put back my metaphorical coat of cool, and just strut and be who I always was. But at that point, I was so like. I wasn't strong enough to even wear that, so I figured let's just see who I was um and what's interesting though is you said that you were as you were um you were more insecure when you were kind of having to explain yourself than you were in your authentic self, which would make sense. but what's interesting to me is I found that. Uh, you know, I, I developed, or maybe I revealed all of these insecurities once I became my authentic self.
0: Wow. Yeah. No. I, I. Yeah. No. For me, it was. Um. Uh. I just had it in my head, but I go ahead. It was. It to me. It. This was. Uh, this was a a journey of, for me. Saying. You know, please recognize that I am taking an insecure path. There are risks to this. It is in the spirit mind. It is not, I'm living my life by the rules that I want to live by, not by what society says I should live by. And yet I kept feeling that it was, okay, that's all well and good, but please conform back to what would make, would make, you know, make us comfortable. And I realized at a certain point, I just, I knew how much I was, I I kept saying to myself, "I, I have to keep doing this it's feeding me, and it's unique and singular, and I can break through the morass, and that's my definition of success. It has nothing to do with money. It's just being singular and being unique, and that fell away after a while, but man, that early period of time, um, it, I think it, it had a lot to do with the, the not recognizing and appreciating My authentic self Granted I really There are consequences to it I mean it You know I I quit my job I mean I stayed home With our younger daughter For a couple of years But I just continued On this path of Of just Finding my elders In all types of music And Anyway I'm still In the forest I mean I'm still In the freaking woods But you know what Every time I find a piece Of forbidden fruit I'm like just Enjoying it And then to see someone Like yourself who you know was in a in the in the in the backpacking woods for a long time like oh, to whatever. me like that I whatever that is uh do, is there I don't want to say there's one defining moment but how did you know that the cloak the coat was it? the cloak of cool or the coat of cool the coat the coat of cool when you recognized that you that all of a sudden your world was lighter and more buoyant and more bouncy and you weren't you weren't being jived with the code of cool anymore. Was there, was there some kind of thing where the thing where the veil lifted and, and you could really just drop into your soul? I don't,
1: I don't think that there was for me like a definitive time. I think that again, for you, because this was, I was in a very unfortunately dark place and I was going like rock by rock, you know, just, Hoping that my instinct was going to get me out. And it did. Accomplishment is getting through that time. Right. In my life. My proudest accomplishment is coming out of that time alive. Um, But I was going like brick by brick, you know. Or like climbing out of it, whatever. But like just stone by stone. Um, So I don't have a definitive time. But, you know, I think that there were, I remember small accomplishments that just started building. Um, you know, I got married and I didn't fuck it up. (laughs) And I I knew Andrew was good for me. I knew it. I, I, you know, even on the times when like my heart was undecided or my brain was undecided. One of them always spoke up (laughs) and, um, like I was going by instinct knowing this person was so good for me so then there was that and then I had my children and then I decided to go back to school which was a huge thing for me um again everything kind of came easy to me in my life so I was never a big academic um I was pretty shitty at school but just because of the circumstances and the track and the resources that I always had I went to a great college I graduated I got jobs, blah, blah, blah. But going back to school was a huge thing for me because it was the first time in my life that I re- I put in so much effort. It was a lot of work. You know, I had two kids and I got a master's degree and just slowly, like, seeing that I could do things that I think I faked it before, you know? Yeah, you didn't because-
0: necessarily, you just were you, were, you were getting like, you know, ushered in based on... Your persona—I mean, I, you must have done okay. Although, I, I mean, I—I I I know that when I went to college, I went—I mean, I—I I, I went to Boston University. I could not get in there today. And I do remember my friends who played lacrosse, and this is like early '90s. Like they had like like 1.5 GPAs, and they were going to Brown. It was a very different time, you know. I, I, I don't—I don't believe that you were. I believe that you were. Um, I don't and know. I
1: coasted. I'm telling
0: you. Yeah, that, no, I dig I mean, you probably felt a little bit invincible I, My my best friend from from my summer camp Jewish summer camp in Upstate New York Dear friend, Corey Schwartz I'll say his name um, You know, he was like What you're describing Like the most, like Really good looking cat Amazing athlete Everything just came easy to him The minute he got to college He started partying like crazy And just everything, I mean, he didn't fall apart but man, I mean, he took it on the chin. I mean, it was no long. It, I just want you know when sometimes it's like a blessing in disguise because even when you have resources and things come easy, you go through a, a period of of turbulence, and then when you really decide that you're going to push yourself and you're going to get out of your comfort zone, then um, and then you grow. and And I think I've also recognized, and maybe this is true for you as well, is just. I was born with an old soul and so when you're younger uh you much you were much more of a, a a social cat than I was but I mean I feel only now I'm really growing into my soul and so I feel more secure with myself whereas before I was always saying well why don't I get off on what all these other people love to do and I mean I sure I went to bars and I'd freaking go to see music and let the body dance and have a ball and but I really was i held myself back because I was very Ooh. i didn't f- and now I feel like I'm where I'm supposed to be again like you said it it's a life it's it's the it's the it's the forever journey and it's also a matter of i guess that's the other thing is that you do you do you feel like so setting aside the fact that you coasted um I remember John McLaughlin when I interviewed him he told me that uh, Alice Coltrane told him she said, basically, you know the essence of 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 life and music is how much are you willing to suffer for love and mm-hmm. I wonder if you can say that um you know it's possible that you, that you do you love yourself now was that mm-hmm. something that you uh cult haven't been cultivating since the code of cool came off
1: right. Um, so again it's still a work in progress um, sure uh, because you know I'm a, I'm a constantly evolving person uh, I do love myself I am I, I do love myself something that I was um, that I'm a big proponent of in times of stress or worry is reminding myself of my seven year old self do you ever do that? It's hard for picture. me to remember. I
0: mean, I do. I just know I was really a high high maintenance kid, but I don't remember exactly where I was. What, what were you, what was going on seven years old for you?
1: So no, I, I don't. I don't remember necessarily like uh, who or what I was looking at, talking at. But I have this picture in my head. My it was my kinder nursery school, uh, kindergarten. I don't know sure. like, wherever you are at seven. Um, picture that was in my parents' house. And I just have this sloppy grin, and my ponytail's crooked, and I look like a fool. But I'm this beautiful seven-year-old child, like all seven-year-old childs are. And so, in those, whenever I feel really insecure, or really doubtful of myself, or straight up mean, because I can be pretty mean to myself, um, uh, I ha- I picture her, and I remember that she's still in there and my mother, my, my, my mama bear kicks in. Because if anyone was ever fucking mean to my now daughter, Bowie, who's nine, I would go apeshit. I would do anything and everything to protect her. Sure. And so I remind myself that the me at, of her age is still there, she's still growing, she's still vulnerable, she's still learning, and that I have to do everything I can to protect her. To make sure that she's safe and that if anyone is going to you know to to come at her it certainly can't be me
0: i dig i dig i really you know i I, that's my that was it because i what i see with my older daughter who's i mean so multi-dimensional so dynamic she's 15 and um and when, you know, but I do notice sometimes uh, similar neuroses to what I had, and I, I wonder about how you do, and I think you sort of just addressed it, but, I, you know, a lot of parents, I think, no, you know, and it's just, especially from an older generation, when they would see or see the same sort of um, neurotic characteristics that, they had when they were kids in their own kids they would um want to triggers them it does they want to bury it they tell the person to get it they tell their kids to get over it they don't want to get into it it they feel ashamed i feel when i see that with my daughters that the least i could do is to create a sacred space and talk with them because i spent a lot of time in analysis when i was a kid and also that's my duty like I want them to know that that I had, and actually, I can give them some foresight. What I mean, because I, I had a hard time getting out of my own way. You didn't have that issue. You you were flying high. It.
1: I was, but when I broke down, I realized I was always in my own way.
0: Absolutely. That
1: code of cool was bullshit.
0: Or you know, it, it's easy. I just want to ask you something. Did you know? I want you to talk to people out there. Um, that, like. Did you ever consider um, saying that th- that it wasn't worth living anymore when you were in your darkest time? And, yeah. And, and I want I, mean, watch, like I, yeah. I watch, this is what I want you to talk about is like for people that want that are that so badly want to check out amidst whatever adversity they're going through. You know, just sitting here talking to you today, I'm so grateful to have connected with you. But I also want you to talk about. Um, you know, looking in hindsight, obviously, because when you're in the when you're in that darkness, it's it's dark. But why are you talk about your gratitude for still being alive, and why pe and how, or not not so much how, but why people should not check out and not and not leave the body.
1: I think there's there's another there's always another side. Um, like I said going through that and making, getting out of it, getting through it, is definitely, to this day, my proudest accomplishment. Um, and it's, if I ever feel doubt now, I remind myself of what it took and how well I, I'm, I'm living now, in, you know, in comparison to that time. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, I had, I was clinically depressed. It, it was, you know, we're talking medical at that point. Yeah, I mean that's. Um, I mean,
0: this is what it, I, mean, I. I mean, it is what that you're just like most cat. I mean, I just like your yeah. honesty about it. What are you most proud of? The fact that it was just you were. It was the hardest you've ever worked in your life. It was the. Yeah. Is that? I mean, it was the, the most blood, sweat. I guess the most. You were just so vulnerable, right? I mean, you had yeah. to be in order to all of it. Yeah, all of everything
1: you just said. It was it was it was bearing and gritting and tearing and climbing and cutting and going and it, it was a real struggle um but turns out i have perseverance
0: <laughs> yeah you realize how yeah. strong you really that's what i mean i mean people don't realize how strong they are until they actually you know take you know try to heal themselves in some way
1: and I think that, that I mean, I don't know a person Listen, I'm in my 40s I don't know anyone who hasn't been hit in the face with something Right um, That's true, they, that's a
0: good they, point yeah. Everybody Everybody face, Everybody's dealing in their own madness So that, that's the Everyone. other part Because you think in the darkest times you're the only one going through it But that's oh, not sure. true you know? No
1: Everyone has gotten hit in the face Especially by the time you're 40 I mean, come on Shit happens <laughs> Uh, dreams get crushed. Oh yeah, no, Hearts I mean, it's broken. just it's it's
0: it's actually the best thing to to be humble. but I mean it's in the process of going through it um especially if you're wearing the cool coat, I mean it's hard. No,
1: yeah absolutely you gotta drop that cool coat.
0: That should be gotta, the I mean that are, are you have you written a book? are you writing a book?
1: <laughs> the cool coat That's a chapter. No, that's I a mean, chapter right I gotta tell you I can't if you listen to any of the songs I've written or the paintings I paint, um, it's all reflected. This this growing, this morphing me.
0: That's interesting.
1: Um, Can you give an example? Yeah. Can I what?
0: Can you give an example? Of of the songs. Of of something that that is uh, emblematic of your growth and your truth through art. <laughs> it's okay. You just I mean you just said that you're that it's your Your life path is apparent in your in, in your my art yeah but so I'll, I'll, is I'll there a particular there. painting or a particular no, yeah no I mean, they're
1: all journal entries uh, so let's get the let's know, get the book going
0: it, immediately
1: immediately yeah. but I'll tell you this um I've always been a creative person I've always been a songwriter I've always been you know artistic uh blah 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 but if you do go through this and persevere the this being the darkest times, I mean the amount of creativity that gets laid at your laid on you is can be it, it, it is one of the greatest rewards because you cannot come out of stripping yourself completely bare and laying in in your bareness for a while without coming out with so many ideas, aspirations, Thoughts, you know, you just can't because it's a rebirth, and it's just it 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 has that one experience. Just you know, it was many years in the making, but that one defining experience in my life has been the greatest instigator for all of the all of my joyful pursuits thereafter.
0: This is absolutely inspired. I mean, I'm so inspired by this. Did you, you know, it's like, where, what, where's an area that, that right now seemingly amidst a very, like you're living the quote unquote life, in your own mind, where is something, an area that you need to grow in and push yourself out of your comfort zone in order to grow?
1: i think that i've always it's the same really i think that um while i'm an extremely honest person i think that uh being honest is not isn't isn't my my go-to in a way um i think that right you know, i, I did so you have to be
0: so it's like a protective mechanism yeah yeah uh,
1: there, that was the coat that was big on the coat
0: Right, I mean, uh, you, the coat is so gone now, man. I mean, you're like flying, so you're, you're like Tarzan in the woods right now.
1: Yeah, so where, when I was wearing that coat, you know, I could, you know, the coat made up its own stories and, went, you know, built up its own persona. Right, and right, left, right. You know, I left you thinking whatever you wanted to think, I knew it was cool. Now that I don't have it, honesty is hard for me. I'm I'm embarrassed to say it. To be totally honest, I'm embarrassed to say that that it's not my, my, that it's not that easy for me to be honest. Um, and it's not even vulnerable. But they're just straight up honest, like telling you exactly how I feel. Uh, well,
0: I don't know what you did before this interview, but I don't I can detect lack of authenticity from from anyone. So you've been totally honest.
1: No, I I, I, am. I just wonder. I mean, I
0: I I, I, I worry. I, you know what it is? I there's something in me. I think it's a maybe it's a Jewish thing because. You know, I I do struggle with it too. I mean, I, I I feel like I have to protect myself from what I need. I don't even know what it is, but I find myself. I'm better at it now, much better. But it is
1: vexing. I I there is something that's really interesting i do have a lot of thoughts about like ptsd genetically coming down from our holocaust surviving members Yeah,
0: it's interesting you know i'm just saying it's it is something even to this day i might be you know like you know what it is i'll give you a really pathetic example but my my neighbor the greatest cats in the world my beautiful family and you know like i'm I have no weed left, and I'm I'm like oh man, I got to go and bubble, you know, and like how hard is it to like text somebody, text them, and just be like, yo, can you can I can I bum a, a nug off you? Can I just get some some weed? And right. I go over there, and I'm like, yo, did I leave my jacket here? Like I, you know, I'm like I find an right. excuse because in my mind I'm saying I don't want to come across like that's not what I want the relationship to be. I don't want it to right. be like I'm using. Like I feel I'm not ashamed that I'm asking for the weed. I'm just like I'm ashamed that it's my purview or my priority where I have to make up something like, Hey, did I leave my jacket here? And then all right. of a sudden it's like, Hey, do you have a nug? And he's like, no, I'm out, man. <laughs> like, he, like, right. he knew exactly, but that's what I'm talking about. It's like this, like, it's always, there's some kind of protection against, uh, instead of just being like, well, I just, I'm totally dry. You know, it, it, yeah. it, I don't know. I it may, maybe it's, maybe it's the lineage, you know,
1: I don't know. I mean, New York probably has that to do
0: with it, too. Um, I just want to say also the one, I, one thing that I, I would never go back to live in the East Coast because of what you said. It, it, it uh, the, the, um, the tempo is just uh, the access. You get so lost in those in those buildings that you kind of lose touch with your ability, your superpower. And I've been able to access the world a lot more and find a slower
1: place. Yeah, yeah
0: I found my tempo. I mean t- Tucson's one of the hippest it's not a perfect place but it's perfect for me so I can relate to that as well
1: yeah I think that um, I have a, a friend uh, I'll say her name Jess Krause she's one of my besties mm. and she is an artist as well and she works uh, best in chaos that's always been her right she always had a messy room in college she, and, and afterward she's just she always has too many magazines and things on the floor and, and out of that she's that's how she expresses herself and is her authentic self and it's beautiful it is the opposite of how I thrive <laughs> um, and so when we were living in New York City and going to all of these uh, galleries uh, and all of these um, concerts and just seeing so much of it my gifts got real quiet and so mm. I was a great audience member but I didn't Maybe I wasn't as motivated. Maybe I was more shy to to, to express it probably both all of it um, In the noise my my voice got lower and once I moved out of the noise and everything was so quiet Man, I, I really started to sing this 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 uh, this move has been I mean no I did, I did I, dig. I love it. Yeah, I, I made my album here. I started my my art career here uh, this is for me again you've got people like Jess Crowsey who thrive in the chaos and I need a bit more quiet and slow pace and time to marinate for me to really just be like, I've got this
0: and I can do this.
1: You know, I, I,
0: uh, I feel very inclined to, uh, to do a part two with you because I, I feel like we're just getting started and I was wondering if, um, you would be uh, willing to grace us with, um, either a song or a, a mantra um, as we uh, conclude set one here. A song, Yeah,
1: here. This little light of mine I'm gonna let it shine This little light of mine I'm gonna let it shine This little light of mine I'm gonna let it shine Let it shine Let it shine Let it shine Thanks so much, Jake. This was awesome. Rena, really, thank
0: friend. you. Thank you so much for. Uh, I, you know, I give I, Matt, mad props to you and your family for um, taking the insecure path and thriving in it. And uh, same, man. Same to you. And uh, yeah, let, 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 let's do part two. You know, in the in the new year. I think we're just we're just getting started here.
1: For sure, you're going
0: to talk to my husband. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Hook it up. Listen, I was. I don't I know. I mean, does he have a band down there? Like, how he must. I, I mean, if you're. No
1: he's not no, even horny to, he's not horny to play music or he just uh, he's always play, listen music is our love language there's exactly. not a moment in i just what i'm saying you know I,
0: well there's not i mean in fairness in truth there is the the i just maybe that's before you before i want you to give some inspiration to your peeps your the, the cats because I, you know i i gotta be honest i mean i've interviewed my i started by interviewing a lot of my elders especially the the black jazz musicians and we've lost so many during covid and i just but i want you to talk to your peer group your husband's peer group because you know what they haven't been on the ba- they haven't been able to practice yoga on the bandstand in a year and it's we're really in a dark time and i just being that you've been through it i don't some of these cats this is their uh code of cool not that they were like i mean guys like russo and metzger i mean they're really humble beautiful people but every one of i i I know that to a man they'd all say i never could ever imagine something like this happening and i just want you to you don't have to be hokey about it just what's your what's your words of wisdom for these cats because i i mean people are all for metzger
1: and russo well just i mean they are so fucking happy right now Metzger got engaged he's loved up russo's got his gorgeous two daughters and his beautiful wife
0: i'm not no i'm not you know no no, I'm (laughs) i'm i i know that they're that they're content in their lives but i think the reality is that i'm not sure when we'll ever get back to a the ability to um be in spiritual communion amongst music for quite some time and i think that that no matter what uh you take that away from somebody. I mean, you have your painting, you have your music, you have right. your chill. I mean, you again, take you take it
1: away from someone who speaks music. If someone took the
0: microphone good. away from me, it, during I've done hundreds of interviews during COVID and, right. and I'm I'm I feel blessed to have it. So, uh, perseverance, you know, just riff on that. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right
0: on. Yeah. I mean, the uh many blessings to you. Happy uh happy New happy Year.
1: Happy holidays. Happy solstice.
0: Indeed. Happy
1: growing, happy everything, man. So nice to talk to you. Thank you for everything. Yeah, bless you, Rena. You too, man. Later. Peace. Bye. Bye.
0: Great hang with Rena Southern today. Uh, A lot of uh, inspiring uh, material from her and, uh, quite frankly, from people that are willing to just take themselves and throw themselves over the edge even in the midst of dis-ease being able to uh, come out on the other side a stronger person uh, and uh, maybe maybe a a better person uh, with a more open heart and at this point in our time in our trajectory as a as a human species uh, we need as many people as many sentient beings who are willing to uh, be uh, their honest self That's it for the Jake Feinberg show today. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you later.